0: all right welcome back again to another episode of sean and ed's do baseball uh that's sean He's Ed's. And today we're going to be doing some more baseball. We're a baseball history podcast where uh, we take turns exchanging stories from baseball history. And uh, last time I told Sean a story, so today Sean's got a story for me. Before he gets into it, I want to say follow us on our social medias, which are Twitter at doingbaseball and Instagram at doing underscore baseball. Uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so check us out there.
1: Leave us a review. Yes. Maybe.
0: Tell us what you think. Or give us a rating. Yes. Five stars. Or one star. Five stars. All right. Sean, tell me a story.
1: All right. So I got a different story. It's Well, it's not even different. It's just probably uh, Hopefully
0: it's different.
1: It's... <laughs> <laughs> Same story I told before. <laughs>
0: this is a story about people dying at the baseball no. park.
1: <laughs> if you haven't checked that one out, that one I'm particularly yeah, that's proud your of. favorite one. Yeah, yeah, that's a couple episodes ago. But this yep. one, uh, so we start with the Coastal Plain League. Coastal Plain League. The Coastal Plain League uh, originally started back in 1937. It was a Class D league featuring teams from Virginia to Georgia in towns like Fayette, Greenville, Edenton, and Newburn. The league, okay. the league paused in nineteen forty one for World War Two, uh, but started up again uh, I- after the war and had its final season in nineteen fifty two. In its short existence, many great players went through that league, including Cal Ripken Sr., mm-hmm. Ted Williams, etc., etc. Uh, okay. <laughs> the modern these co- two guys, etc., <laughs> etc. <cetera. laughs> uh, the modern Coastal Plain League came to be in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, The league was founded by Pete Bach. Bach conceived the idea in the early 1990s while traveling long distances to uh, Valley Baseball League in Virginia to see his son Jeff play. Uh, Bach and experienced sports executives wanted a collegiate summer league closer to home. So a collegiate league, if you don't know Edsy, is Mm -hmm. like a league for college players in the summer. Right. Uh the most famous is obviously the Cape Cod. I was going to say yeah. yeah. So that's like so it's 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 these guys are like D1, D2 baseball players that are home for the holidays or home for the summer break. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of baseball they play. Yes. So it's good baseball. Yeah. It's uh, like a
0: showcase league. Yeah. They're like
1: the like, best the best They're like players, 19, right? 20. Yeah, yeah. Right. 19, 20-year-olds yeah. if they if they're from your neighborhood or area in, even if they're not, they might play around. So he he actually became the the Coastal Plain League began play in 1997. 23 years later, it is one of the nation's premier summer collegiate leagues, attracting players from all over the states. It started with just a few teams, but now has grown over the past 23 years uh, to 15 teams, and they compete over a 52-game season every year for the Petite Cup. Petite? Or it's, it's either Petit or Petite Cup. Let's go Petite. Yeah, let's go Petite Cup uh, in the league championship. Uh each team is operated in a similar manner to a professional minor league team, providing players an opportunity to play uh, with wood bats uh, and with minor league baseballs. So and no pay. And no pay. They do. They don't <laughs> get paid. No, they do not. <laughs> uh, I don't believe they get paid at all. From everything I have found out about, like no, you don't get. It's it's a privilege to play in these leagues. Okay, it's, it's a privilege. Um, <laughs> so they experience overnight road trips uh, and playing before stadiums of. Thousands. 52
0: games though that's that's quite a season
1: yeah well i mean it's it's basically june till like end of august if you make it mm-hmm. to the champ or mid-august if you make it mm-hmm. to the championships okay um, carry on so it's a couple months 131 alums have made it to the majors some notable alumni include justin verlander kevin Euculus and russ adams Russ Adams. Russ Adams, famous For, Blue former Jay. Former Blue Jay Russ Adams. Also, uh, Super Bowl winning QB Russell Wilson has also played in that league oh. when he was younger. Um, the Coastal Plain League is a regular, traditional, independent baseball league. But there is one team in the Coastal Plain League that does things a little bit different. Okay. Let's hear about it. In 2016... The Savannah Bananas join the, <laughs> the Savannah Bananas. The Savannah Bananas <laughs> join the coast Savannah, of, Georgia. Uh, yes, Savannah, Georgia. Savannah uh,
0: Bananas. That's the
1: so that's the best name. It is a. It, so you like the name? I love the name. All right, and it, it, it is a fantastic. Like it's catchy. Anyway, we're gonna get into all of this right now. <laughs> okay the bananas are owned by fan first entertainment and the company is led by a man commonly seen wearing a bright banana yellow tuxedo and a top hat to top it all off named jesse Cole. does he own a monkey (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but he should (laughs) he probably does he definitely should own a. this uh, is my monkey curious if you're listening to this jesse you gotta get a a monkey man all right Um, Cole pitched at the NCAA Division I college level, uh, assumed he was going to be a a pro ball player. Then he tore his shoulder in his junior year. The injury was career-ending, and although he couldn't play, Cole found a way to make his mark off the field. So straight out of university, he was like, fuck it, I just want to do baseball. Uh, So he got hired as a general manager for the Gastonia Grizzlies, another uh, Another great name. (laughs) Yeah. So it's another coastal. It's a coastal plain league. So it's not much. Like you're not getting like probably not getting paid a lot to be a general manager of one of these teams at least for like two and a half months out of the year. Right. Uh, But he gets hired by them, uh, and the team's located just outside of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So as
0: as a GM for this team, I guess you're just going and watching college baseball for the year, and then he knows
1: college baseball players. He just played. He's 23 years old, so he just got out of college baseball. Right. And then he was okay. just like, "I'll make the team like all I played Division one, like mm-hmm. I know all the division one guys like i'll I'll mm-hmm. make a team or whatever out of this so uh <laughs> but here's the problem so uh he got hired by them, and they were averaging about two hundred fans a night, mm-hmm. and uh good teams in this league probably get fifteen hundred to like two thousand okay uh and so they had lost a hundred thousand dollars in Over the previous season, and they had two hundred and eight and sixty-eight dollars in the bank, two hundred and sixty-eight dollars. So they're on the brink of collapse. No kidding. Yeah, Um, Cole started reaching out to the community, trying to attract sponsors, as any manager would do in this situation. After working that angle and not getting much back, he approached uh, the owner with an idea. Are they wait? are, Are are they called the bananas? No, they're the Grizzlies. This is the guys. Oh, okay. The this is still the Grizzlies. Oh, this okay. is a story. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. It progresses. I was ahead of myself. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still twenty-three, working like just Not a out of college. a great listener. Yeah. So uh, he approaches the owner. He says, "Ken, we can no longer be a baseball team. We need to be a circus, <laughs> and maybe a baseball game will break out." The owner, so Ken, <laughs> was just like, "Sure, we got nothing to lose. <laughs> okay, fuck it, <laughs> we're a circus now." So him and his friends, once again, like young twenties. Is that the yellow suit guy? Y- you'll get. We'll get to that. Okay. Not just. Uh, so him and his friends, his college buddy, started coming up with promotion ideas. So not just like T-shirts and T-shirt cannons and bobbleheads and other shit. They started doing. Uh, we came up with Flatulence Night, where we oh. gave away whoopee cushions. At fart Night. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we had a farting contest on the field, a bean burrito eating contest, a salute to underwear night, where anybody wearing their underwear outside of their pants got to come in with a free ticket. Uh, <laughs> George Bush was president at the time, and his term was almost over. So what did we do? We offered him an internship uh Jesse Cole told WBUR. Uh so they basically they he just started doing yeah. weird shit. Um the players Bet he
0: became the Bill Veek of the sure Plain Plain
1: Coast League, yeah. Coastal Plains League. Coastal Plains League. Uh so the players joined the fun, uh personally handing out programs and coming up with choreographed dances and hijinks to perform between innings. It worked. The Grizzlies started to see more and more people show up to the ballpark. Word got around town. Nice. During the Grizzlies' success, he met, uh, Cole met his wife, Emily. Uh, she worked for a minor league team in Georgia and had begun exchanging emails with him uh, about the team's cookie promotions and antics and stuff <sighs> on, on the field. She like, I think she met him at a convention or heard about him at a convention or something like that. Uh, months later... Uh, Yeah, they they grew closer, and eventually Emily moved to work for the team. So uh, they started a relationship, and months later, in the middle of the final game of the Grizzlies' 2014 season, Cole brought Emily onto the field. He got down on one knee and pulled out a baseball that had been hollowed out to hold a (laughs) ring. (laughs) Emily said yes, of course, (laughs) and a half-hour-long firework display went off before play was allowed to resume. Half-hour! He's in the middle of the game. It's extreme. <laughs> there it was just, was just fireworks, like, and just. So the umpires kept asking Cole when the game was gonna. Be, like it's the last game <laughs> of the season. So, either way, him and his wife Emily are their fiancés. So uh, the couple took a trip down to Savannah shortly after in the off season, or not in the off season yet. But the baseball nerds, they are they stopped at Gradesome Stadium, which is a historic stadium in Savannah. Uh, The stadium was home to the single-A Savannah Sand of the Mets organization in the South Atlantic League. The relic of a stadium was run down and almost empty the night they visited. It had been built... Romantic. Yeah, it had been built in 1926 and had been part of baseball history in Savannah. Originally known as Municipal Stadium, it first served as home to the home field of the minor league Savannah Indians. In 1932, it hosted the Boston Red Sox spring training. The park underwent renovations in 1941 before or following a devastating hurricane in 1940. Uh, Spanish American war veteran general William L. Grayson led the efforts to get $150,000 needed to rebuild the stadium. Half of the funds came from the WPA, a work progress i don't know why that's important in recognition <laughs> of grayson's work the stadium was renamed in his honor uh first integrated uh south oh yeah the first integrated south atlantic league game took place at grayson stadium in april 14th 1953 the savannah indians having two black players albert israel and junior reedy in the starting lineup on opening day and this is like remember this is georgia mm-hmm. like, this is mm-hmm. georgia uh so yeah they played to a packed fifteen thousand people at the small park. Soon, other South Atlantic League teams started rostering black players, including Jackson, the Jacksonville Braves, who brought up a nineteen-year-old second baseman named Henry Aaron. Later that year,
0: mm-hmm. Hammer and Hank.
1: On Saturday night, on the Saturday night they visited, there were hardly any fans in attendance for the Nats games. Uh, game. Jesse and Emily fell in love with the old stadium and were sad to see the shape it was in. They enjoyed their time in Savannah and returned home to Gastonia. We had our honeymoon at this stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was really a honeymoon. I think they just, like, drove down. Like, that's not yeah, that far. We had our engagement
0: honeymoon at this stadium. It's <laughs> so, got a special place in our heart. Yeah,
1: they loved it. They loved it. Like So they went back, but they kept thinking about the stadium.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Je- Cole himself called the, the owner of the Coastal Plain League and was like, yo, if that stadium's ever available, we're putting a team there. Okay. So, But they were just... This wasn't real because the Mets
0: already And I'm it. not going to tell you what it is, but boy, do I have a name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, anyways, they went back home to Gastonia, and they uh, ended up eventually buying a majority's share in the Grizzlies, the team he was running, mm-hmm. and they built a house uh, and began to settle in. Next year... Or, yeah, the next year or two were low points for baseball in Savannah. The stadium was falling apart, and the Mets were demanding a new stadium or they would leave town. No Savannah team uh, averaged 2,000 fans since the 1947 season. Uh, Jesse and Emily closely followed the drama in Savannah. That was awesome. I really wanted to highlight that pronunciation. I fucked it up. The drama in Savannah. <laughs> the drama in Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> like I had a note that I read afterwards. I'm like, <laughs> um,
0: screenplay note in there. Yeah, but the and Mets were be, the Mets this? were
1: being ditched to Savannah too. Well, by yeah. the sounds of it, like yeah. I don't know, don't. But the Mets were essentially like, build us a new stadium, and they were like, no. Yeah, they were doing, the They were doing world. the sports team, yeah. small town were, government thing. Yeah, exactly what they were doing. Um, so. The Nats announced they would move after the 2015 season mm-hmm. if a new stadium wasn't built. So there wasn't going to be a new stadium right. built. Um, Jesse and Emily couldn't resist. We will
0: not stay here. <laughs> Shut
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't resist the call of the old dilapidated stadium they had fell in love with. Uh, in the fall of that year, they made a bold move and bought Grayson Field and their second franchise in the Coastal Plain League. Okay. Upon the initial arrival in Savannah, they found the stadium in extremely rough shape. The Mets had just cleared literally every They took the act. seats. <laughs> I don't know if they did that, but also I don't know what the contract was like or whatever, but like it sounded like the Mets... they were like there is no like out there's no doors. There's no <laughs> like that that's the kind of shit they were dealing with. Um, so the Mets had cleared out everything. There weren't even phone lines in the building. What <laughs> So they got to work uh, with their 23-year-old team president, Jared Orton, and a few interns straight out of college. Uh, The stadium was gutted of all equipment, and they just had to start from scratch. So they realized they had to spend even more money than what they'd already shelled out. Well, yeah, because the Mets took everything. Yeah. (laughs) So immediately, Jesse and Emily started getting in touch with the community in Savannah to let them know a new team was coming, and it was going to be different. They were met with little enthusiasm, and they sold one season ticket in the first two months. One season ticket. Yeah. Uh, At the same point, they were, like, renovating the stadium and, like, doing all this shit. Right. Uh, So they were putting a lot into this. Uh, So they were at a friend's wedding in New Jersey, and they got a call from the company COO with bad news. Their account was in overdraft, and they were completely broke. They were millions of dollars in debt from the purchase and had no money left. So they drove back to North Carolina from Jersey. Obviously a long drive, but they concluded they had one choice. They were going to sell the house in Gastonia that they had just built and move to Savannah. They put in everything into making it work. They sold their dream home and moved to a tiny cockroach-infested fixer-upper in Savannah. I thought they were going to move into the stadium. (laughs) that would be mm-hmm. <laughs> we love this place Jesse if you're listening to this she's <laughs> yeah. probably like should have done Shit. that <laughs> damn it should have just <laughs> should have just lived at the office uh, so they uh, emptied their savings account and went all in they believed in the stadium and they believed they could sell their kind of baseball entertainment in Savannah mm-hmm. uh, first thing they needed was a name okay <laughs> so we're long <laughs> Yeah, long past we've been building to this it moment yes It's a great name. On November thirteenth, 1915, Savannah announced it was teaming up with Savannah Morning News to launch Help Us Name Our Team Contest. The contest ran for just over two weeks and over a thousand people wrote in suggesting names. Mm -hmm. Four other finalists were the Anchors, the Party Animals, the Ports, and the Seagulls. Uh, One submission stood out. Only one... Of those 1,000 people. Only one person thought of this. The Savannah Bananas. Genius. So it's genius, right? Like It the, is. It's so amazing. on February 25th, 2016, Jesse and Emily announced the team name. Within minutes, the Savannah Bananas were number one trending on Twitter. <laughs> Good Morning America called them the logo of a scowling... Uh, a scowling... Of a scowling bat wielding banana was a hit, up. and merchandise orders were flooding in from all over the country. Uh, it was the success they were hoping for right off the bat. Like, even before they played a game, they were just making money Man. off merch. No kidding. It's, so, I'm, I'm looking gonna, at it
0: right now. It's fucking amazing. I was going to order you a hat,
1: but I realized I didn't
0: know your hats. Have you seen this picture of them wearing kilts in a game? Shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're getting to Okay. Why don't <laughs> well, we just look on the internet? Put the phone so Sean down. Sean started telling me a story, and I was just like, fuck that. I can just look what it up. I I'm going to do my own research. Um, <laughs> so the merch is selling. The merch is selling. Uh, but the Savannah community responded somewhat differently. What? Uh, the couple received hate mail.
0: Oh, Some locals
1: some locals were upset and thought it was a mockery. Uh, at the at the name reveal party, there were lots of cheers, but also some audible groans. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> it's, it's on YouTube. <laughs> uh, Bananas. Some people told them they wouldn't sell one ticket with a name like that, and maybe they should just pack up and leave town. So... Well, I mean, obviously. Uh, I mean, not obviously. Well, you fuckers didn't go to the Nats. Yeah. So, like, what do you care anyway? So, Cole decided to draw fans Sorry to the to park. Sorry to call the people of Savannah fuckers. Now, <laughs> so, he had to come up with another way to, you know. Obviously, the name's getting them attention and yeah. the media. And it's either way, that's a good thing because even if half the people hate it, half the people hear about it and they mm. like it. Yeah. So, but he thought of another way to draw people to the park. A no-tiered pricing with all tickets being fifteen dollars, which was much more than most coastal plane. It was like five Mm -hmm. to Mm ten bucks in there. So you pay fifteen dollars, but you get unlimited concessions, including hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken sandwiches, peanuts, cookies, what soda, and sit wherever you want. Well, yeah, I think it was pretty much yeah. Just make sure you sit behind the net. Yeah. (laughs) Cookies were... Everything was unlimited. Obviously, beer and stuff cost money. Additionally, other than the ticket. Alas, opening day 2016, the first ever game was sold out. The publicity that was caused just by the name itself was enough to pique interest. But Emily suspected some people were there to just watch them fail. Fair enough. Uh, June Whatever, they bought tickets. June 2nd, 2016, the Bananas... Had their home opener and they were set to take the field at the inaugural home opener green, wearing the inaugural home opener green banana jersey. So they wore green for only the home opener. This would be an amazing idea. Yeah, it it is. I know. I know. It happened three years, four years ago. Yeah.
0: It's so so No, I'm just saying like you're saying they only did it for the home opener?
1: Well, I think they do it for the home opener every year. Where like
0: imagine they? just progressively progressively over the season. Oh my god. Like like the, you know they the, just the next it just slowly ripens to, to yellow like and then uh, by the end of the season it's a it. brown jersey. It's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> See? Okay. I should be working for the Savannah Bananas. Yeah, all
1: right. So, uh Carry on. Uh, over 4,000 people had bought tickets and showed up to Grayson Field. Uh, just before the game, uh, the skies opened up and rain poured down for almost three hours. Oh. Fans still stayed in their seat. It's covered. Um, but after the rain, uh, the banana- like everyone was still there. The mm. bananas took the field and Savannah had the kind of fun they had been missing at the baseball park for a long time. Cole hired a break dancer, Darius Johnson, who knew nothing about baseball to coach first base. (laughs) What? (laughs) To coach first base? And, like, you didn't, like, it's not like they, like, advertised this, like, ahead of time. Like, you just showed up to the baseball game. And and a first
0: base coach was break dancing? (laughs) Yeah. It's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, it was just, so, they had the Savannah Nanas, a senior (laughs) women's dance team. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it was a bunch it was 65 plus and uh, oh it was so close to doing a spit take there yeah (laughs) Um, I I don't know if this was the Savannah Nanas eventually they they got the Savannah Man Nanas as well so there was the the grandpas and the the grandmas it's the best team ever Uh, yeah an older male cheerleader with, squad with dad bods uh they they're, they're wacky antics and promote like they did crazy things between between like you can look on youtube and stuff and see some of these uh so like they'd have like you'd have to like they'd tie a banana like hanging between your legs like a guy obviously right and you'd have to try to like push a beach ball like to first base <laughs> like, <laughs> it was anyways they're doing some wild stuff uh and they also had a 30 piece pet band Playing live, there was no like recorded music. It was just like a a big thirty piece, like you'd see at like college football oh, stadiums awesome. and stuff. Amazing. Uh, the team got whipped, losing nine to five by Lexington. That's not but that everyone whipped. in attendance. Well, whatever. It was anyway. bad. They made like six errors. Like it wasn't a good <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> game. But everyone in attendance saw something they had never seen before. Fans loved it, and word spread, and people flocked to the stadium. In the first t- season, the Bananas led the CPL in attendance with 91,000 fans across 25 regular season home games. Nice. Uh, and you can do the math on 95, or 91,000 times 15. Um, mm-hmm. That was some good money. Uh, there were three playoff games uh, as well uh, included with the, and 18 sellouts. Uh, yes, there were playoff dates because the Savannah Bananas were not just fun. They were, they were actually good. good at baseball. Well, when you have fun. So that that's something like mm. I'm gonna. Well, actually, I not, I don't even I don't even know if I included it, but there was like a weird, crazy study that like studied these guys, mm-hmm. like the players on the bananas, and they they do better playing for the bananas with wood bats than they hit in NCAA with metal bats. Yeah, it's weird. It is anyway, weird. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Savannah went 16 and 10 in the first half of the season but struggled to begin the second half going 5 and 9. They needed something to turn it turn it around quickly or else they would miss the playoffs. With 10 games left, they went on a tear, winning 9 of the last 10 to be 30 and 20 overall and made the playoffs. Nice. So n- not only that, the team broke Banana-rama. They broke the all-time Coastal Plain League batting average record, batting 3.03 as a team. Mm-hmm. Their pitching staff put up a 3-point Five six ERA, good for second in the league. So if you combine those two things, like they were, it looked like they even like some of their losses were like hard luck. I was like down like the box score yeah. hole in this yeah. <laughs> the CPL website. Uh, they earned number one seed out of the Western Division in the CPL playoffs. First, they beat Ash, the Asheboro Copperheads and then the Forest City Owls in the Western Final. The Bananas were able to score two runs in the bottom of the eighth in front of a wild home crowd to win the Western Final 2-0. They had made they had All made right. it to the Petite Cup Championship Series, and they were going to play the Pens- Peninsula Pilots. Uh, the team split the first two games of the best of three series. The Bananas scorched the Pilots 8-4 at home in Game 1 before going on the road and losing Game 2 4-3. In a heartbreaking fashion, their bats woke up late, but they tied the game. I think they tied the game at three and then in the top of the eighth, but then lost it in the. in gave up like one hard luck run in the bottom of the eighth. Too late. Uh, too late. In the deciding game, the Bananas went up six to nothing. And unfortunately, this is a way. Uh, mm-hmm. Peninsula had a, the better record in the regular season. Right. Uh, so. Uh, they went up six to nothing before the pilots stormed back uh to be down just one eight to seven in the later innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added a, a insurance run and turned to bananas closer Ryan Flores to finish out the game. The bananas were c p l championships, and the team had done almost and the team had almost cost the team that had almost Jesus christ pronunciation Come on. Sean... The team that had almost cost Jesse and Emily everything <laughs> was now making waves in Savannah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> since, since that opening year, the Savannas have sold out 88 games in a row.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: nice. Most games are sold out four to six months ahead of time. Savannah is 112 and 66 since joining the league. So... A 666 winning percentage. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, it's not. A little bit less than that. Either way, it's good. It's good, <laughs> yeah. Um, and at home, they have a 64-27 and 27 record. Uh, they haven't won the Cup again, but have made the playoffs every year. There's a 435-person wait list for the stadium's club memberships, uh, which include cater food and an open bar, even. So there's, huh. like, they... They, I guess they yeah. added one tier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the team continued its tradition of irregular promotions to celebrate the team's St. Patrick's Day-themed game in July, which <laughs> just... In 2018, they became the first team to play wearing kilts, which that sentence doesn't make sense. No, but it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the kilt game, uh, just like their opener, uh, got rained out or didn't get rained out but well the opener didn't get rained out the Kilt game got rained out Mm -hmm. so they had to push it back a week Um, but it was awesome because they ended up walking off that game and the highlights and video of everybody walking off yeah so it went viral and and the celebration was it made it to ESPN and all over Mm -hmm. the United States Uh, they have used a bat dog Segway to transport inbound pitchers from the bullpen to the mound (laughs) And there's Banana Santa who nightly matches. Banana Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's just a he's just a big Santa wearing a big banana suit. <laughs> Santa hybrid. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Did you amazing. hear that sentence?
0: He's just a big Santa wearing a banana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, players meet fans at the gate for every home game and welcome them, handing them media guides and programs. Uh, they also have to dance in between or in the second inning. I don't know if it's in between the second inning or in mm-hmm. the middle, uh, and take the nightly uh, event very seriously. So the players are expected to have some sort of choreographed dance to perform right. every night of their 25, 26 home games. Uh, this sounds very demanding. It, well, that's the thing. It's, like, it's interesting to see because... Is
0: that just for... That's just for home, I guess,
1: right? Yeah, that's just 25, 25 26, games, 26 games. Yeah, 26. but it's... it's that's the thing. Is like you, you saw interviews and stuff with people being like, "This is this is like a great experience because it's a, there is a spotlight. You're playing in front of four thousand people mm-hmm. every night. Mm-hmm. And it's like you go to other places and there might be twelve hundred people there in F Stadium that can hold four thousand, uh, but here it's four thousand and you're expected to have like media stuff. You're expected to interact yeah, with I, fans. Like there's a, you're held to another level. I
0: was gonna say. I Imagine it would be very team building too. You know. Oh
1: yeah. Well, you're we like having weird.
0: to plan a. Fucking
1: yeah, they play 700 baseball at home. Dance. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's true. Team yeah. that dances together wins together. <laughs> yeah. Jesse Cole still roams the stadium every night in his bright yellow tuxedo. He owns seven, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One for every day of the week, mm, of obviously. Yeah. Uh, uh, and entertaining fans and taking pictures. The Bananas have continued to get attention online. Uh, They consistently put out videos that occasionally go viral, including a Sandlot parody and a music video rendition of Old Town Road.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: They got some attention, guys. Yeah. Uh, Going into 2020, the Bananas announced they intend to remove all advertising from the premises of Grayson Stadium. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, cool, but why? Because they make money. <laughs> well, they don't need it. Well, here's why. So, Jared Orton, the, he was originally the 23-year-old team president that they, they brought with them to Savannah. Right. Uh, he, said, he said, no signage, no announcements, no nothing. We're giving the stadium back to the fans and the history back to Grayson Stadium. Or giving back the history to Grayson Stadium. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I work on my annunciation one of these yeah. days. Uh, so... <laughs> jesse and emily uh this is four years later now uh they finished building their new dream home in savannah uh are new parents and they've nearly paid off the entire debt that they've taken on uh and that's the story of the bananas that's a
0: i i love that team <laughs>
1: No, I know. I'm just like, it makes me want to go to Savannah and see a game. But then I'm like, how the fuck could I do that? Because it's sold out. There's every. a waiting list. Well, I don't think there's a waiting list oh, for Oh, that's tickets. for the club. Yeah. That's for, like, the club level. Like, I, But obviously they have a certain amount of season tickets, and then the amount of tickets that they put on sale to the public are sold out. Like, you have to be... It's like one of those things where mm-hmm. you're sitting there waiting. hmm Probably. Well, we should try to sit there and wait
0: well, one we time.
1: Need. We need to go down to Atlanta and at like, see at cuz like
0: right now is I mean, you you know like how much the minor league experience is amazing oh, compared my. to like, you know, your major league experience like that's that's a <laughs> I, yeah, that's it, a place we gotta go.
1: Well, and if you think about like development wise, like it's it would be equivalent to seeing like a, a low A ball, uh-huh. maybe, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's gonna be a more raw. They're nineteen, twenty, twenty one, maybe. Uh-huh. But like, yeah, it's it's uh, it was just I I I don't even know where I heard about that, but just reading that story was was I was just like fuck, this is just a like modern day like baseball. Mm-hmm. Script. It, it, it <laughs> yeah. reminds
0: me of uh like it feels reminiscent. I don't know, like it, I should watch the documentary again, but it like it's reminiscent of like the battered bastards of baseball.
1: Yeah. With, uh, well being Russell's team. The fact that the fact that they just put Well, first of all, the fact as that As far as that, entertainment value. Yeah, I mean, well he 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 talked about in interviews as well about um you know baseball's traditionalism and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. the fact that that he's you know you have a first base coach that doesn't even know (laughs) yeah that's crazy yeah no so (laughs) obviously what he he preaches he's just like fuck it I want people to show up to the baseball game Mm -hmm. like these are like, it's not... This is not the major leagues. Like, we want this to be fun first. Yeah. And, like, hopefully the baseball's good. And what he managed to do was both, which is just mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... it's And the the Grizzlies, that's the other thing. So he, like, sold his stake in the Grizzlies or whatever. Yeah. And, like, they kind of tried to, like, keep it up or whatever, but it didn't really work out in the end for them. Like, mm-hmm. they they're... St- Back to averaging only like a thousand people a night. It's probably better than before, but yeah, but not as. Uh, and then there's a new. There's also a new team that's kind of copied their their antics, mm-hmm. called the the Macon Bacon. The Macon Bacon. Yeah, Macon, Georgia, obviously. <laughs> oh my god, these are the best team names ever. Yeah, no, but I mean, I think it's uh, it says something about like the the collegiate league too is something that like is interesting because these leagues are like all over the United States, right? Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, because they're small, right? They're only, like, you know, 10 well, teams, maybe? But some of... Well, some of them go... Like, this one goes Virginia all the way down to Georgia. So that's, like, mm. Virginia, that's South Carolina, w- yeah. North Carolina, Georgia. Like, it's yeah. it's... You know, obviously not in that order. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, so it's like fairly large. And while obviously the Cape Cod League is, is smaller, mm-hmm. like more tucked in, I'm sure like there's leagues up in New England and, and New York and, yeah. and in the Midwest and stuff like that. But it, it, it was just wild that I just love that kind of baseball that you find that that's like not a lot of people know about. It's yeah. Like, it's like... <laughs> Like, being, like, a music snob and, like, finding a, <laughs> a, a band, but, like... Or a label, finding a label with well, all these... Yeah, yeah, but, like, not even, not even like, a, a team that's... Or not even, like, a band that, like, nobody knows, but just, like, you're, like... These guys have, like, packed, sold-out shows, but, like... Yeah. I can go, like, I'm not gonna... If you brought up the Savannah Bananas to an average... base, Like, uh-huh. if they were a big baseball fan, they'd probably know. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh... But I it's it's like it's so like finding them. that little like little secret in what you love. And yeah. I love finding little teams and stories like this. Mm-hmm. Now we've gotta
0: go out and actually do the baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully
1: hopefully one day
0: yeah. we'll make it to Savannah. Yeah. So until then, follow us on Twitter at doing baseball. Uh, and ins- on Instagram. Instagram, give us a review. At underscore doing baseball. Yeah. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I don't think you can review us on Spotify.
1: But follow us there, because yeah. that looks good. Thanks again to Theo for making a kick-ass drawing, illustration, yeah. Yeah, really,
0: design for us. Really like
1: that. Yeah. yeah. Have a good one.
0: Yeah. So he's Sean. I'm Sean. And I'm Ed's. We're doing baseball.